Welcome back to Kansas City's Marketing and Advertising Podcast. I'm your host again, David English. I have with me today a longtime friend, um, someone I have um, you know, had the fortunate ability to attend network events with. We um, have shared a series of um, emails about frustrating clients from time to time and someone who just all in all is a, a well, he's a pretty average guy. He's not great. He's okay. But seems John Coster of, of Kairos Growth Consulting here in Kansas City. And we're going to get a chance to talk about you know, small businesses, marketing the small business, why it's important and different for a small locally owned business to market themselves opposed to the national um, organizations and and, and why what John's doing is so different and, and why it's important that he um, really allow these small businesses a better way to compete, which he does. And, um, you know, from there, I'm going to turn it over to John. How you doing, buddy? What's going on? Hey, man, it's uh, good to be here. I appreciate, appreciate that intro. That's the average, average guy is about the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. So, or so I, about try, me, so. I try to really build my guests up from where they're at, you know, from where their, ba- their base is at. And the highest I could get was average for you. No, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you scraping, <laughs> scraping the bottom of the uh, Kansas City marketing barrel and uh, bringing, bringing me on today. So happy, happy to chat with you as always. No, of course, but in all seriousness, I love what you're doing. I love what your company does. Um, give us a background. What um, what are you guys doing over there? It's, it's really interesting. Yeah, so um, I've been been in the industry now for almost almost 15 years. Um, in the last since uh, 2016, um, been doing it um, on my own and. and um, before that, I was I was you know, working for my dad, and and he owns a, a what I would call a at least a marginally traditional um, agency, at least as most people would recognize one. Um, he's doing some cool stuff over there there as well, and um, and that's where I learned um, pretty much everything. And and what I what I loved about working there was kind of the the way that he would approach. Um, handling clients and, and working for clients and and respecting kind of um what they brought to the table and what was important to them and and, and everything like that and um i really got to learn kind of from the ground up and dabble in a whole bunch of different things and um yeah as we got going further obviously the agency grew and we're doing with bigger and bigger clients and um what what i realized towards the end was what i really enjoyed doing was working with kind of the smaller uh, end of the clients that we were working with actually dealing with the owners or um, you know marketing directors or whatever of clients that you know were small enough that the things that we did on the day-to-day had very visible and immediate impacts you know when you're working with clients that have 10 or 15 branches around the country and you're dealing with marketing departments and all that kind of stuff a lot of the stuff you're doing is not superficial but you're you're working on projects and then they go out to for approval and they come back with changes and you make the changes and they go out and they get approved. And that's kind of the last you hear of it. And you have these big quarterly meetings and all these kind of metrics and stuff. And it's fine. And it, you know, it's, you know, a lot of the, the industry around here is built on that, but um, I love sitting down with an owner and understanding, you know, exactly how do you make money and, and then hyper-focusing on that um, because when you do, then obviously he makes more money or she makes more money and 
everyone's happy and <laughs> um, you know they get to grow and hire more people and um, so yeah so I started Kairos in 2016 to kind of really focus on that and and kind of change um, change what I thought is a or think is a fairly broken agency system um, the agency that what I would call the traditional madman's agency model mm-hmm. um, I think is a little too agency focused um it's something that tends to require agency it requires clients to spend more money for agencies to make more money um and it's also built with you know the creative departments and media departments and internet you know digital departments and then you've got account executives and rent and all these different you know, insurance and overhead stuff and i just wanted to get rid of all that um, and so I work out of my house. I've got no employees. I've got a bunch of contractors that I work with. Um, and we stripped all that stuff down and stripped it away so that we could offer a um, basically a pared down service that still encompasses everything that a client would need, but doesn't rely on their budget to to make my world go, if that makes sense. Um, you know, with 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 media companies, uh, media agencies, you know, they take commission off the media buys. Creatives obviously have to charge per project or have large retainers to cover multiple projects and stuff like that. Um, and that's not really how we operate. We operate on a fixed fee, and that determines that's determined by a bunch of different stuff. But um, and that make and that puts me in the office usually on a weekly basis. Um, and so I'm meeting with these owners or the marketing directors every week to work on things and um, see things in the office that are going on, understand kind of how their business actually operates, what they make money on, how they make money, how they don't make money you know, when they're doing work. Um, and, and then we're able to then basically provide all those other services inclusive. And so if they spend zero dollars um, on you know, a media buy, for example, that doesn't impact me at all. If they spend $100,000 on a media buy, that doesn't affect me at all. Um, and so it it's a way to give small businesses that don't have a lot of budget a lot more bang for their buck. What kind of response have you seen from these clients that are coming in? They're, they're used to the traditional media approach, agency approach, and, and you can sit down at the table to them and say, we're going to do it a little bit different. Uh, what do you what do you hear? What what kind of responses are you getting? Most most of the time, it's, it's it's there's a certain amount of relief. So because there's a you know there's there's a lot of good agencies in Kansas City, and many more than I think people realize. I think I don't think people realize the number of agencies <laughs> that Kansas yeah. City has. Um, and and but obviously there's not so great ones. Um, and if you are in business long enough, you're going to see a little bit of both. Um, and, and even the good ones, and it's not a nefarious thing, but they make money. A lot of the ways they make money, I should say, are by their clients spending money. Um, you know, so if they're not, if they skip a month on a media buy because cash flow is tight, well, that hurts the agency's revenue. So they naturally are looking for ways again, and their clients, you know, things that they think are going to work. They're not trying to get the clients to spend money for no reason, but they in order for their their bottom line to grow they need their client to spend money um and usually more money so they're always trying to grow budgets grow all these different things and so when i come in and say well if you can basically budget this in for the year this number here 
And if you don't want to spend any more money, then you don't have to. And you're not going to get any pressure from me to. Um, and my job will be to grow your business without you spending any more money. And that's kind of the commitment I make. And if, you know, there's things come up and they do want to spend more money, then, then obviously I can facilitate that for them. But um, the whole idea is, you know, to say so these small businesses don't have budget. <laughs> I mean, we talk, you know, in the marketing world, we talk, okay, well, you know, what's your budget? Maybe, you know, 20,000 a month, 40,000 a month. They might tell me their budget's 10 grand for the year. Okay. Well, that's not a, that's not a, that's not a workable budget for any kind of traditional um, media or advertising or anything like that. That's going to get them results, but that doesn't mean that we can't grow their business. That doesn't mean that there aren't things they can do um, with that money that, um, can make sizable impact. And so that's really where the consulting side comes in, um, sitting down and again, understanding exactly when, you know, what, what are you most profitable doing? What do you spend the least amount of time on? What do you spend the most amount of time on? Where does all your overhead go? Um, really understanding the P and L's and getting, you know, in depth with, you know, profit margins and all that kind of stuff to say, okay, what can we do to maybe create a marketing budget next year? If we make an extra 50 grand, or if we grow an extra 10, 20%, you know, can we then use some of that money to do some of these more traditional campaigns that you guys want to do, but don't have the budget to do. So giving them that flexibility and that kind of peace of mind that, you know, they, they get a, a partner for the, the fraction of a price of hiring an internal employee to do the same thing. But then they also get, you know, a creative department, a digital department, um, you know, media department, all these different things. It gives them a lot of, um, you know, confidence that they can say, okay, well, you know, for the next X number of months or year or whatever, that we've got options now. And what I thought we couldn't do or didn't have access to, now I do have access to. So you're going um, in, you're really looking at their business as a whole and saying, okay, we can make these changes and um, create a, a better way to, to, to grow your business opposed to how you're doing it now. Right. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's the benefit of, I mean, it's the benefit of experience. You, what, 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 and I'm sure you run into this too, in, in the sense that, you know, things I tell my clients a lot is you can't grow the same way that anybody else in your industry has grown for the exact, for the sake, for the, for the, for the reason that you are not them, right? What works for a roofing company A is not going to work for roofing company B purely because you're not roofing company A. You have to grow in a unique way. But having said that, all small businesses go through the same challenges. It's carbon copy. They all go through employee challenges. They all go through growth challenges, word of mouth challenges, review challenges, um, website challenges. Like they're all the same challenge. And so when you have experience in, you know, X number of years, you can say, okay, well, this company was facing the exact same thing and had a very similar culture. And this really worked for them. So right. let's, but it didn't cost any money, right? And so if we can make this small tweak or do this referral program or use this other program to do some of this stuff, then all of a sudden, you know, you can start to make the make these changes um, that have that have real results. And that's always tend, that tends to be where I start because it doesn't cost any money. It doesn't, you know, if I can come in and you know and say, hey, I, if we make these few changes, I think we can, you know, we could probably add five or ten percent to the bottom line, which not only pays for me, it makes me free but adds a little bit more to, to the budget for next year, um, it's pretty hard to say no to that. Yeah, you just don't find that. You, you don't find people coming in and, you know, very often at least, looking at the whole picture 
and saying, okay, well, you, your initial marketing budget isn't what you want it to be. Let's find a way to, um, you know, make some changes and really get get this company running more efficiently or, you know, look at some bottlenecks and figure out ways to solve those issues and use some of that money for marketing so that we can, you know, that way grow the business from a marketing perspective. It's a smart thing to do. Right. Well, if you think about it, it goes back to the model. The model, the traditional model doesn't allow for it. If you've, no, got, no. If you've got a, if you've got a salesman or an account manager at a, a traditional agency, they've got a salary, they've got benefits, they've got insurance, they've got overhead. And their boss is looking at that and saying, okay, you need to justify your existence here. You know, we see a lot in the agency world of, you know, so the agency gets a brand new account, big account. They have to hire a bunch of people in because they only can support, obviously, what they have. And so they bring a new bunch of people in. As soon as that account leaves, all those people leave because they can't then afford to carry all that extra weight. So anytime they do have people, they got to say, okay, well, I need you to justify your salary. I need you to be making, you know, bringing in X or working on X times what your salary is as far as revenue goes. And so that usually means working with, a lot of clients um, or trying to really focus on how to grow budgets. Um, and so you don't, you don't, you just don't get the time. And I, and I was, you know, like I said, when I was, when I was working in that model, that was, that was something that we struggled with of how do we stay in front of a client enough that we can be effective, but not too much that we lose money. Because if you're just, if all you're doing is consulting and you're not getting paid for that, then all, you know, you're just giving away billable time. And so right. it, it, it's just not a feasible model. Whereas was my model is kind of the, the, the opposite, right? The more, the more that I'm in front of them, the more work I'm doing for them, the more their business is growing. And then the more, you know, the, the more everybody's happy and the longer I get to be employed, which is, you know, obviously the name of the game. So when you say small to uh, mid-sized businesses, um, give me a better idea of what that, what that looks like. Um, I've done, I've done stuff as small as, uh, you know, one person catering outfit that was just getting, just getting off the ground, um, that basically had, you know, no, no budget. I mean, we were doing everything was, was organic, um, and just really helping him understand how do you sell better? How do you position yourself? What do you, where are you going? Where are you spending your time? Where are you networking? Um, how are you presenting yourself and your business and all the way up to, you know, I've got a client that'll be, you know, eclipsing 50 million this year, uh, although they're, you know, a little bit of an exception as far as size goes. But I would say the average small business is going to be that I would deal with would be somewhere between two and 10 million in mm -hmm. annual revenue would kind of be, I would say, the average. Gotcha. So um, you guys are going your website design, you'll go in there and help out social media, you'll um, make the traditional or non-traditional in your case media buy. Um, you guys will handle all of it for them, right? Yep, everything, everything that they need um, that a that a market that you know. I, I use the term outsourced chief marketing officer or outsourced marketing director or outsourced marketing department, depending on yeah. the positions they already have filled um, internally. But yeah, I mean, it's if you if they were trying, you know. If they're trying to, if they're looking at their company saying, okay, I got to have somebody in here dealing with this market. I cannot do it myself anymore. Um, right. And they're looking at, you know, potentially hiring somebody to do that, a marketing director of some sort. That tends to be where I come in and say, well, instead of doing that, you could, you know, save 
you know, 40, 50% of that salary and, you know, get not only get that person, but also get the creative department, media department, all that kind of stuff that, um, that he would, he or she would then have to hire out anyway. And I think that's, that's what I think a lot of owners don't, don't tend to realize when they're making those hiring decisions is once you hire that marketing director, I mean, sure, there's going to be some stuff that they can do, but more often than not, they then need to go out and hire contractors and agencies and stuff to actually implement all the things that they're doing. So we try to create, we try to do everything for that. So, you know, vendor relationships and, you know, dealing with, with all that kind of stuff and, and, um, really just trying to take it take it off their plate so that they can do you know do what it is that they want to do in the business. first place yeah we would work on work you know do whatever they're experts in you know the um god the, forbid the, they actually work on growing their own business and exactly you know, the, <laughs> i mean you know kairos is is it's a greek term meaning like the ultimate the ultimate moment and and this was something that i learned from my dad and, and that he was always hypersensitive to client budgets and client um you know what the business actually meant to them that the you know when when a client gives you a hundred thousand dollar budget like that hundred thousand dollars means something to them like that if that hundred thousand dollars goes away and doesn't bring you know money back in that could mean they have to fire people it could mean that they have to take out a loan to a second mortgage it could mean they have you know they can't pay for their kids college tuition whatever whatever the case may be that that whether it's a hundred thousand dollars or five and usually the smaller it is the more it matters um you know there's there's that there was that one moment in time where that person was you know maybe they're an hvac owner and they were a tech themselves and they thought to themselves man i can i can do this better myself i i know how to do this i can i'm really good at it i'm really good with people i don't like the way that my company is being run i'm just gonna go do this myself well that that's a scary moment you know you don't all you're right. giving up you know you're giving up a salary you're giving up benefits you're giving up all these things you're putting everything that you own theoretically on the line um, if you've got a family you're putting everything that they count on on the line um, and that's a big deal. And so that's, and that's, you know, we try to do every, you know, try to make all of our decisions with that, with that ethos in mind of, you know, the, this, this, every decision matters, every project matters and the smaller the business, the more it matters. And, but on the flip side, the bigger impact it had. So when you do hit home runs and you do, um, do things well, um, growth is real and, and growth is very, very tangible, um, you know, when, when one of my clients, when, when we started, um, you know, they were, they were in the 10, $10 million neighborhood. Um, and this year, they're, like I said, they're going to be over 50. I mean, I've seen, I've seen them higher. I mean, that there, I think there was maybe 40 people there when I started and they're well over 200 now. Um, and that, and that, you know, when you get to see that growth every single week and they're like, you know, man, how many trucks are in this parking lot now I'm having a hard time parking? Like it's, it's, you know, that that's the cool stuff, but, but it's, it's because we take it so seriously that those wins become, you know, are so gratifying. Well, I want to go back. I want to go back real quick to what you said. You said it twice and I really like it. And I think it's worth spending some time on is the smaller, the smaller, the budget is the more it matters. And, um, I think that's, I think it's an awesome approach. I, I think my assumption is you're, implying the more it matters not only to the client but is a responsible business consultant or agency um 
the prime, the more it matters to you because you know that more more is on the line at that point as well. Is that fair? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And the more it matters on how you spend it. You know, if you yeah. if you've got a million dollar budget, you can kind of you know throw it all over the place. You can try a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, and 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 to a certain degree, and I'm, I'm sure you've seen this happen too. You know, money does buy more money, right? If you see, right. uh, my my dad always said something that always kind of stuck with me is that you can outspend bad creative. Right. So this was, he referenced this with radio. If you had a really bad and everyone's heard a bad radio spot. Right. But right. if you put enough money behind that radio spot, it's going to work. It doesn't matter how bad it is. If you throw enough money behind it, you will see results. Now, you might Man, not see the some type of results you could. Oh, there is. There is. But, if you, you know, I mean, I don't want to. I'm not going to name names. No, and get but... anybody in trouble. But, you know, there, there are definitely some companies out there that spend a ton of money with mm -hmm. not great creative and it works because they're just, just name repetition. But, and so, but the flip side of that is when you don't have any money, almost nothing works. <laughs> and so- well, And you, you know, can't afford to have bad creative if you don't have any money. If you, I mean, you, everything you have, everything with a small budget, everything you do, and this is why I think what you, what you do is so important, John, Everything you do has to has to make contact. You have you don't have to hit home run, but you've got to make serious contact every time. Right, and and you don't know when you're when you're dealing with budgets that small if there is another budget, right? When they if they yeah. say yeah, you know, I think for these three months I can give you four grand. Okay, well if we don't turn that four grand into X, there may not be another four grand. Like th right. that might be it. And so when they come to you and they bring you that money and they say. How do we spend this, John? You know, <laughs> what do we do? Then you know it's that's that's a terrifying you know it's a it's a you know, literally pit in the stomach of like okay what yeah what do we do let's let's really sit down and make sure that the way we spend we spend this smart because you know it, it we want it to turn into you know twenty thirty forty thousand dollars so that you know we can keep doing it and keep growing and all that kind of stuff but but I mean you're right it's you don't. You can't afford to have bad creative. You can't afford to have bad strategy. You can't afford to have bad buys. You can't afford to have bad vendor partners. You can't afford any of it. You have, there's no net, there's no wiggle room. There's, you know, and it's often the, the you know, someone could get fired over it, you know, or well, not, besides myself. But the most common phrase in the media world, in, and I, I hear it all the time is, just give it time, it'll work, just more impressions, just keep going, you know, add to your campaign and give it more time. I mean, you hear it all the time and you don't have that luxury when you're dealing with a a business that maybe didn't have a marketing budget to begin with. No, no you don't. And, and, and there are certainly some avenues where that is the case, you know, I mean, sure. you, you know, that with billboards, you know, whatever, that you do need a certain number of impressions before someone even notices that they've seen it, much less decides to act on it. So, I mean, yeah, there is a place you know, for that, though. It's yeah, the, there, there's truth for that. But you're right in the sense that, you know, it, but even if that's the case, then that just means that I have to hit a that, that my target then just narrows that much. If I've only got enough mm -hmm. money to get X many impressions, and I know that out of the number of people that see that impressions, I'm going to get five percent or whatever the percentage is conversion that means i can't afford to hit more than that number right because if i do then not enough people are going to see it enough times and i'm not going to get enough conversion so it just means you just have to be that much better with the targeting to make use of that to to get to make all those other ad you know 
adages work of you know you got to see it x number of times and you just got to give it time well that's that there's some truth to that but if you've got a small budget then you just have to be that more much more targeted with it so that you know you can give all those things time to actually succeed so when you're talking to some of these businesses and and i i I grew up with a dad who owned a business i i run a business myself and i own a, a another one the the marketing world can be very convoluted. There's a million different ways a customer of yours or uh, or one of mine, but you know, one of your customers can potentially spend their marketing dollar. Um, is there a strategy or formula you're using? Because I mean, you know, if it's radio or TV, outdoor, that stuff's expensive, and it's um, there've got to be smarter ways or you know, more conservative ways to, to spend that dollar. I mean, is, does that make sense? It does. Um, something I say a lot is, so there's a different, you know, the marketing is complex. It's not complicated. Right. So com- physics is complicated, right? But at the end of the day, there's a formula. And if you plug in enough formulas and you do enough math, at the end of the day, you're always going to get the same number. And marketing is not that way. It's It's complex, like an economy is complex, like an education system is complex. Every single day, the calculus changes. And so I would say that there are fairly consistent methods that we use um, and fairly consistent consistent tactics that we use based on experience in the current marketplace. But there's not a formula in the sense that, oh, you wanted that? Okay, I got that for you. We can, you know, I've got I've got the formula for that because what works on Facebook today did not work six months ago and will not work in six months, right? Because everything changes. The stuff that, you know, the way SEO works now is different than the way it was, I mean, hell, with Google last week. And and it'll be different tomorrow. Um, And so, I mean, I mean, even listening, you know, to one of your previous episodes, like I said, with with, uh, with Mike Monahue, and he was talking about the LinkedIn book and even how five years from now, like a lot of those things are evergreen, but LinkedIn has changed so much in five years that if you were doing just advertising on LinkedIn five years ago, you couldn't do it the same way today, even if you wanted to. Um, And so because of that, and because your competitors are always changing and updating um, and and entering the market, exiting the market, um, being aggressive with campaigns or not aggressive. So there's always... There's always a an ebb and flow, and then obviously things like your own brand is going to make a difference. You know, when you're just starting out and you're introducing a brand, you have to spend a lot differently than a brand that's been there for 30 years and what they can do, that company can do. Or if you just rebranded, what do you, you know, how, how does that impact things? Or if you're introducing a new product, how does that impact things? Or if you have to educate people and you're selling a massive, li- you know, a uh, a life event product like uh, you know real estate or you know, cars or things like that that are dependent on your customer being in the right position, not just in, you know, wanting something or needing something. So all of those factors make it almost impossible to say with any kind of, you know, um, predictability, what's going to work today, what's going to work tomorrow, what's going to work the next day, other than, you know, just the data that we have and the experience that we have and, and understanding, um, you know, what tends to work and what's going to give us the best, you know, the best, uh, the best likelihood of working. You know, I always mm-hmm. I joke, I tend to joke around with my clients a lot that I never guarantee anything because you can't. And the people that do are lying to you. Um, you know, all we can do is, 
is you know because that, that, that I get that asked I get that question asked with so much frequency that I think sometimes they're trying to play jokes on me where they're like, "Well, is this going to work?" And I was like, "I don't know." No idea. <laughs> I hope it does. I, I have a lot of experience that says it's going to, and a lot of data that says it should. But at the end of the day, you know, if if there's a lot of things that could make it not, and so you know, my job is to take this, the most amount of risk out of spending this money as possible. And that's what sure. I'm trying to do. And it, but you know, if the client, you know, if the client comes to me and says, well, I need you to guarantee me that this is going to like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, I'll leave that to the YPs and Yelps of the world to, to, to lie and, and say they can guarantee something. They don't do that. Come on. <laughs> not in my experience. No. <laughs> um, so let's back up to the tad. Cause I mean, we've talked about a lot of, you know, working with small businesses and budgets and, you know, how the importance of that budget. Um, at the end of the day, the money being spent with the small businesses, I mean, it's um, sometimes make or break, you know, decisions for them. And pair that with the fact that business owners oftentimes um, have a hard time relinquishing control and they it's their business. It's their baby. They've owned the business longer than they've been married or have kids in some cases. How do you sit down and educate these guys, these business owners who know everything, know their business really well, and you know that this, this financial decision is huge for them? How do you earn that trust? How do you, how do you sit down and say, hey, listen, I, I know this is big. I know this is a big deal. What you're asking me to do is just wrong, and I need to make some serious changes. I mean, how do you get there? Ooh, that that is a I mean, time is going to be, you know, the biggest key there. Um, you know, I don't <laughs> I used to have you'll, you'll appreciate this as someone who knows me fairly well, but I used to have a sticker on my laptop that says I told you so <laughs> <laughs> that I would I would flash from time to time. Um, and but I think it, in reality, you know, and, and it, this is a benefit of my model that I, I'm not reliant on, or my bottom line is not reliant on what they choose to do and what they choose not to do. So at the end of the day, I can, it gives me a lot of freedom to be an advocate for them and an advocate for their money and their bottom line. So when, um, when opportunities come up or when projects come up, um, I can say, I can sit there without, without it affecting me at all and give an honest appraisal of, you know, yes, this is something you should do. Yes, this is something you have to do. Yes, this is something that you could do if you wanted to, but in reality, you know, it's not, it's not going to affect things too much one way or the other. It's just going to be your preference on if you want to have these things or if you don't want to have these things or if you want to be on this station or not, or if you want to do this or that. Um, and so because because I can say that without it affecting me and say it honestly, I think that and do that from the jump, I think that tends to get me a lot of credibility because yeah. there's nothing that, um, you know, when, when you because know, initially, I should say, typically, very rarely do I get the full reins right off the jump, like they still have relationships with vendors or people. And so they tend to, you know, kind of keep those or people are still um they're still used to handling those calls. So when they come in, they chat with them first. And then I get, instead of getting the, Hey, this person called, can you call them back and see how things are, you know, see what they want to talk about. It's, 
hey, this person came into a meeting and gave me this pitch. What do you think of this pitch? Uh, and so at that and so that point I can, you know, and that's usually that usually happens early. And so then I get to be, you know, I just get to be honest. I'm like, well, you know, if you want to spend that money, you can. Here's what I expect it to do and produce for you. And sometimes that's okay. And sometimes it's I don't think it's gonna do very much. And um, but because I'm not an I don't I don't I don't work on an agency model of man, if they do spend that ten grand on that media campaign, I get to, I get to place it and get fifteen percent. I'm not I don't think in that way. So there's no there's no benefit for me one way or the other, other than they grow or they don't grow, and then that gets reflected on me. And so that it puts you on that, the same side of the table. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and so, you know, one of the things that I've had to do um, out of necessity when when dealing with these you know smaller businesses and smaller budgets is I've had to develop a lot of relationships with local vendors, you know, like yourself and things that can that can be flexible that. Um, you know, printers that can turn things around very, very quickly that yeah. can, you know, do things in very small quantities. You know, I don't need 10,000 of something. I need 10, you know, I don't need, you know, we're, you know, if, if they've got a salesman that wants to try something new, I don't need 500 of them. That's going to cost, you know, $4,000. I need 20. And so being able to find, you know, vendors that I can work with that, that can operate in that way. You know, I, I'm able to solve a lot of problems quickly, and I'm able to solve a lot of problems efficiently and and on budget in that in a budget conscious way. Um, and so that that tends to get me um, credibility in those conversations as well, because you know usually they've been using maybe it's Vista Print or maybe it's some you know some bigger printers. And like, oh yeah, we've got ten thousand of these business cards that I have, and now we got to you know redo them. I was like, well, we'll just print it off of like another hundred. Like, you can do that yeah, we can do that. And it'll only cost, you know, 20 bucks, whatever it is, you know? And, um, and so when we have those conversations, then when it comes around to some of those other things, they know the position from which I'm coming from and, and, you know, and, um, that helps that conversation out a lot. doesn't mean I win them all, but right. you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, I'm, I'm there to work for them. And so, um, I always put my position out on the table, but if, if they want if they want to to go a certain direction, then I'm going to work my my ass off to to uh, to make sure that we it, it get the best shot that it can. Love it, man. So, real quick question, last one before we wrap up. Um, you are from Nebraska. I'm not. I went, went to Nebraska. I went to Nebraska. How many games do you guys win this year in football? Oh. Uh, can I just say more than last year? Who wins more, my Jayhawks or your Huskers? Oh, well, that's a no-brainer. The Huskers are winning more. I mean, I mean, what's what? I think all we have to do is beat South Alabama on opening weekend, and we'll probably win more, right? All right, in the podcast, we're we're all done. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say well, there's twelve games, so I will say, uh, I'm gonna say eight and four. Things are looking up. I'll be optimistic. I'm I'm feeling in an optimistic mood after talking with you today. Someone say eight and four, and uh, you know one game out of going to the championship. But you know going into going into year three looking real strong. And I think I'm I'm I grew up a KU fan. My dad went to KU, so I've, I I grew up going to you know watching the band come down the hill. So I'm very optimistic and excited about Les Miles and you know taking you know we we go we still go out to a KU game every year just to take my kids out to see the band and stuff and. Last mm -hmm. few years, you know, we've stayed till about halftime and, you know, then left. And so I'm hoping that, you know, 
the the environment will be a little bit more entertaining after the after the band gets done. So I'm, I'm excited band. to see what he's bringing. You played in the band. What instrument did you play? I was uh, drum lines. I played, right. I played cymbals on the drum line. Yep. Cool, man. Well, hey, I'm the pride of all Nebraska. <laughs> there you are. I uh, there's a there's a statue built for you somewhere in some old country town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, yeah, you're, you're right. This is a good place to end it let's, before we get into that stuff. <laughs> Man, I, I really appreciate the time. Um, you know, again, I, I've had the opportunity to interview, interview a lot of uh, people I don't know very well on the podcast. It's it's refreshing to sit down with a good friend and, uh, you know, talk shop for a little bit. Um, if anyone does want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Um, email is probably the best way, and that's uh, John J O H N at kairoskc.com. That's K A I R O S K C.com. And um, love to love to chat with. I love talk shop and, and chat. You know, I tend to I tend to overspill on typically on initial chats with people and give them a whole bunch of advice that they don't don't have to pay for. So it's one of my one of my faults from a sales perspective but um yeah I, I love talking business and i love talking about people's business it, it all of it fascinates me and how it works and, and um the logistics of things so yeah awesome, love, to, love to chat with anybody and i appreciate you uh letting me come on and uh, and just uh spill my guts for a little while it was fun absolutely man. Well, hey i appreciate it we'll catch up soon um everyone thanks for chiming in um we will um, we'll try to get more episodes out here in the next few weeks. We hit a small slap, small lag just because um, you know I got busy at work and you know this just didn't come first for some reason. But we'll, uh, we'll we have some more episodes on the way. Thanks again. Appreciate you guys chiming in. Uh, if you have questions, email them over to denglish at ad-trend.com and we'll uh, go from there. Thank you.